What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we discuss faith, spirituality, and the realms of paranormal. I am so excited to be here with you today. Got a fantastic episode with a brand new friend of mine, and I will say good friend of mine because we have really hit it off. We've connected deeply. You know, it's one of those things when you know, you know, when you find a brother, you find a brother. Ladies, when you find a sister, you find a sister. Um, and I'm excited to have Frank Lee DeVoice on today. His handle is at Let's All Become Heroes. I'm going to plug all of that in the chat. I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. We are going to be talking about the kingdom of God returning, question mark. Is it an extraterrestrial kingdom or a metaphysical kingdom? We're going to debate a little bit of both sides of it. I want to get y'all's opinions on it, what you guys think. If you're watching on TikTok, be sure and check out the stream over on Facebook or YouTube later on as well. So you can actually see Frank, but you'll get to hear him over here for today. Frank, let's bring you on, brother. There's the intro music. Hello. <laughs> Love it. What's up, brother? How are you doing? Is this my, this is my intro music? Yeah, that's your intro music. This yeah. is great. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yeah, I love Feels it. Feels good. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so, I'm so excited to be here with you. You bet, brother, man. I'm so excited to have you. Um, so I want to tell you guys a little bit about Frank. Um, I discovered Frank about, I don't know, what, like two months ago, maybe at this point? Six weeks, yeah, I think months, somewhere in there? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and so... You know, I right away I saw your content and I was like, okay, there's something about this guy. Um, you had a you have a really great storyteller style, and you're not afraid to try stuff, and I love that. Uh, you do a lot of like, it's you and you. It's like you, your ego and your higher self, like yes. kind of having conversations. And I'm not gonna lie, at first I thought you were with your brother. <laughs> and I was like, that's cool, these two brothers. And I literally told my wife, oh, I followed these two brothers because I thought it was Frank and Lee DeVoice. I don't know why. I just thought that. But it, it's so interesting because you did such a great job of really showing the two different sides to every human, your ego and your higher self. <clears throat> Go I, ahead. I really appreciate <clears throat> that feedback. First of all, that makes me feel like I'm actually a good actor and making it look like there's two different variations of me so you are man you are absolutely absolutely but that is exactly what this journey has been for for me and that is exactly what i'm trying to demonstrate is how i discovered my higher self and so i'm creating these little scenes and it could just be your day-to-day -day, these random thoughts right and how we recognize our ego and then we kind of deconstruct our ego to reveal the higher self and that's exactly what those skits are about <clears throat> Awesome. Awesome. I love that, man. And that's kind of perfect for what we're talking about today, too. Welcome, everybody, on TikTok, by the way. We've got Average Joe, Shannon Hicks, Koala. We've got Dreamstar Oracle, Jamie Bone, Willie Geiger, Shanice Fabrizo, Ty, Bill, uh, Logos. We've got uh, Nick Mayer. How are you doing? We've got Les over here on Instagram, Brady. Alexandra, Tamara, thank you guys so much for joining. Oh, and Tara as well. Thank you guys. Um, and what's up, Molly? We got Molly over here on Facebook as well. 
Uh, Molly says, hi, family. And Frank. Frank is now going to be part of the family, I think, a lot more. We're probably going to collab more going forward. So Yes. Um, but, yeah, really excited to have this conversation today. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and get into it. You guys drop your questions. This is still conversational. Um, I want to keep it light and fun and conversational. So you guys ask anything you want in the comments. Um, and then Frank and I are going to spin back and forth based on that. So, um, but really what I want to talk about, and I'm going to drop Frank's name and handle in the comments here on Facebook and YouTube. So you guys can directly give him a follow. There it is. Boom. Yes. Right on the screen. Poof. Um, so yeah, Frank, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about today is this kind of this grand debate that we've been a lot of spiritual TikTokers and YouTubers and, and personalities are getting into the debate. Is the kingdom of God, is it real? Is it physical? Is it metaphysical? Is it both? Um, is it actually coming? Did it already return in 70 AD? You know, there's a thousand different theories, right? On right. This. And so we're going to look at some data today. We're going to talk about it ourselves and what we actually think about it. Um, I've got my thoughts about it that I share with my community. And I know you have your thoughts on it. Yes. Uh, and that is, you know, is it extraterrestrial? Is it metaphysical? Um, and so number one, as we get into this, is physical and extraterrestrial kingdom is the literal interpretation. Um, and if you guys don't know, by the way, the kingdom of God is something talked about. It is talked about within Christianity, Judaism, Islam. It's talked about within Hinduism. It's talked about within Buddhism. It's talked about within almost every world religion, at least the ancient world religions, the ones that are, you know, two plus thousand years old. Um, it's talked about within the Anunnaki mythologies and the Sumerian tablets. It is literally everywhere. And so that's why we're talking about this today. Uh, what's up, Shelly? How are you doing? So the concept of the kingdom of God uh, and its return can be understood in various ways. The differences emerging depending on one's religious or philosophical perspective Two distinct interpretations are the idea of a physical or extraterrestrial kingdom, meaning one that's going to come and literally transform the earth where God will live with people on the earth. And then a metaphysical kingdom, um, which is essentially an overlay to our reality. It's actually a shift into a different dimension. And so let's talk about that, Frank. What camp are you in right off the bat? Well, you know what? I think I started in the same camp as everybody else. Right. I mean, I was first of all, I didn't actually really read the Bible until 2020 and I took everything literal. So I was that guy trying to interpret the book of Revelations as I'm looking to the heavens and waiting for the sky to roll up. And, you know, this right. would be the return of Christ and so on. Now, as I've continued to study scripture, I've kind of taken more of a metaphysical approach to my understanding. And I discovered that through the Gnosis and just really, truly looking at what Christ was teaching. And I do see this as being more of a metaphysical, like mm -hmm. grand rising or spiritual awakening. It's a it's something that exists within us and it's shared universally, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Terry Drafton says, I believe the rapture will occur in 2026, then the seven-year tribulation until Jesus comes back in 2033. Thoughts? Uh, great theory, Tara. I've heard that as well, too, especially with the number 33 being 2,033 years from the time of Christ. That, you know, the, the numbers of that, like the math maths, right? 
Um, and so I've definitely heard that, but I've also, um, and I wanted to talk about the 144,000 today and a lot of the literal interpretations of that. Uh, the idea of that is that it's only 144,000 Christians, but if you actually look at it, it's literally 12 tribes from every uh, type of belief system all around the world. And that equates to uh, less than 1% of the population. And I've said over and over, it takes less than 1% of the population to raise the consciousness. So what if it really is 144,000 individuals all within a frequency of raising the consciousness together? I mean, that takes a lot of the burden away from it having to be only Christians, right? There's a lot of judgment and dogma that can come with that idea that, you know, it's only certain Bible-believing individuals rather than it's people from all different traditions that have that higher conscious awareness and have really given their lives over to that higher understanding of the self and how to unite all peoples within a frequency of consciousness. So what are your thoughts on that? You do a lot on consciousness and higher self. So, yeah, when I first started really trying to figure out who are the 144,000, that's when I kind of started to go on a journey that took me into stuff that I was unfamiliar with, like learning words like star seeds and light workers and rainbow warriors yeah, and yeah. all these all these different things that for me it was like what are we actually talking about here and then going back to that you know that literal translation is like these folks are the actual righteous right these are the people yeah. that are practicing precisely what they've been taught exactly and readying themselves for this moment mm -hmm. whereas you know i kind of feel like there is stuff that we still don't quite know about what exactly does this mean to be a part of the 144,000 and going back to what you said before is it tribal you know what is that unification there but for me personally I think that it is it's like when Jesus is teaching in the gospel of Thomas where he says only one in 10,000 are going to get this you know what mm -hmm. I mean and mm -hmm. if you actually are doing the work and understanding the teaching so there's some truth to that righteousness bit about it but I, you know, for, to be honest, I'm still seeking this truth out myself. So, <laughs> right. No, absolutely. And, you know, I love the Hindu interpretation of uh, the Dharma, the path of Dharma. It's the righteous path. Right. You know, yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're perfect. It, it means that you are you're giving up anything that's in the way of your spiritual ascension, anything that's in the way of your union or yoga with yep. the supreme being within you. And so that, to me, takes it to a whole different level. Ashley said, does the math math, though, when supposedly Christ was born in 4 to 6 BC? I question man's interpretation of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree with that uh, because we don't even have a clue when Christ was born. And there's also the theory that has enough data to get me to question it, too, of was there even a Christ child in that time? Is this coming out of the more like the Egyptian Thoth, or are we talking about even uh, like the Sumerian times? You know, there's a lot of different things around it that could just be mythological to give us the interpretation of Jesus. And that would make a lot of sense why you had Rome come in and literally crucify someone to try to end that message. So, you know, that's another just really good theory, good question. Um, and I remind everybody, I wasn't there. Um, I'm only 37 years old, so I was not literally there in the time of Christ, and, and Frank wasn't. <laughs> uh, so we don't know, right? So thinks they know is uh, probably, you know, giving their interpretation or their opinion. So, 
Uh, and Ashley says, we don't actually know. Exactly, exactly. So um, let's see. Da, 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 da. I had another question. Um, Awaken Seattle says, in 2018, I had an experience, a fourth dimension open, and the hairs on my neck stood up. I turned and ran to my camper, got in bed, and then felt many eyes on me. Mine were closed. Wow, that's, you know, and that's that's the typical explanation of um, a metaphysical angel experience. Now, there's different angel experiences in the Bible. We hear oftentimes about an angel in the Bible, and it's clearly a extraterrestrial entity. It's a, It comes as a man. It comes as, you know, it appears out of the light um, or almost out of a craft. And then there's the metaphysical ones, the ones with many, many eyes that are very psychedelic. The wings on them, uh, the wheels inside the wheel have been interpreted as flying saucers, but also as psychedelic entities. So um, lots and lots of interesting theories on that as well. Um, Frank, what are your experiences with, have you had any experiences with extraterrestrials and have you had any experiences with the metaphysical um, as Awaken Seattle was talking about? Well, what a great question. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where have I seen gray aliens? No. Have I right. seen UFOs in the sky? Not necessarily. Not mm -hmm. that I know of. Yeah. Um, but as far as having that experience, and this is where I kind of do still kind of think this is a metaphysical thing, whereas I can relate in, in, in a dream state where mm -hmm. I was lying in bed and feeling like I could feel spirits or entities or a presence there viewing me and interacting with me subconsciously. Wow. And, yeah. And, yeah. And that's and that's actually kind of how I discovered you, Cub, is I could relate to that. Because I remember when you told me that you had a dream and I was like, oh, my gosh, my dream was so profound. I felt like I'd received this message. But where did it come from? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's um, I've encountered a lot of these entities in my dreams. And uh, somebody said that there's a lot of people that believe that gray aliens could be demons. Um, I do try to debunk that theory a lot because even though we don't necessarily like them, so I don't like cicadas. <laughs> I really dislike cicadas, especially when they try to attach to your face. Yeah. Um, that my last bike rack actually I had because a cicada landed on my face. Um, and so I really don't like them, but it doesn't mean that they're evil. Like they're just doing their thing, right? Like they're right. just they're they're programmed to do their thing, and I think a lot of that misinterpretation of gray aliens being demonic um, is first off, it is taking the idea of a demon and completely misinterpreting it. You know, a demon or a daemon is yeah. an uncreated energy. It's something that's looking for a host, um, and ultimately, as you know, children of God on this earth, manifestors of the kingdom, we're supposed to create all energies into something that we come across or cast them out or send them out or rebuke them or whatever, however you want to interpret it. But we're supposed to have complete authority over them. And these experiences where people are taken up by extraterrestrials and they can't move and they're, they have no authority to do anything, that does not meet the description of a demon at all. Right. It's not a spiritual uh, metaphysical experience. It's not an energetic experience. It's very real, um, you know, in and out of consciousness experience from, you know, if you look at Betty and Barney Hill being taken up, if you look at Travis Walton's experience of fire in the sky, you know, these are very physical events happening, but almost under like a drug induced like psychosis where they can't really, 
control what's going on. And so that's where I have to remind people, while it could be described as that's a demonic thing to do to someone, it doesn't mean that they're actually demons or that they're demonic. If you've ever even had surgery and you've come out of, uh, you know, the anesthesia, you know, it feels demonic because you can't move and they're doing something to you and you hear the voices and it's, it's an awful experience personally have been there. And then I woke up to the love boat playing. What a weird, you know, that what a trip that was that day, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, that's where I try to remind people, we don't know. Uh, but just because they don't have emotion like we do, doesn't mean they're not doing a job, you know? And that's where um, I try to be a little more balanced on the opinion of what they may be. And why are we talking about this, guys? The, the biggest question is because talking about all of this is the number one thing we have to do to decode what the kingdom of God actually might possibly definitely is. And I say all of those possibilities because, again, we don't know. But we are going to look at some data today. We're going to look at some scriptures. We're going to look at what Jesus says. We're going to look at what the Old Testament says. And we're going to look at what Paul says. A bunch of different ideas here. Um, again, this is not a religious message whatsoever. This is a spiritual channel with spiritual seekers with an open heart and an open mind. So we're not inherently Christian or any type of religion here other than uh, I personally am a uh, follower or a um, devotee, if you will, of Jesus. I love the message of Jesus. I love the red letters. Absolutely. I think Frank agrees with that. Um, so I really try to follow and activate on that philosophy and that practice um, rather than any kind of dogma or, well, I am this, so I believe this. And when people ask me, well, what are you? What do you believe? Well, stick around and <laughs> discuss that. So Awaken Seattle says yes. Logos says amen. Um, let's see. Lester says hermetic teachings. Yes, absolutely. Um, do you know who Abraxas, who the Abraxas family is? So Abraxas is one of the deities within Gnosticism. Um, and Morg talks a lot about Abraxas. I haven't gotten into Abraxas a whole lot, often represented by a rooster, um, kind of being the supreme God, the awake, the one to awaken, you know, with the rooster, the crows in the morning. Uh, very, very esoteric when you get into that understanding. Um, and I love the esoteric traditions and even the occult traditions because they get very, you know, it's not a literal rooster, right? You know, it's more of the idea of what does that represent? Very representational. Um, and so what, what I want to talk about today, though, is I think a lot of people, if they're deconstructing, they have to start with the, the question, is God an alien or is God a metaphysical force? An alien cannot be all-knowing. A physical alien cannot be all-knowing. Now, it can be highly evolved, can be highly spiritual, can even be psychic. Um, but it, it can't be everywhere at once, in and through all things, the way God is described by Jesus himself. And so that's where, um, what's the first thing you think of? And you guys leave in the comments. What's the first thing you think of when you hear the kingdom of God is at hand? What do you think of? So go for it, Frank. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Gosh, are you sure we only have 90 minutes for this? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> this is such a, here's the thing is that when I, when you first proposed this question to me, I immediately, like for me, I, it's more relatable metaphysical because that's been my experience so far. And I think that 
that you have to go through that metaphysical experience of God to get to the understanding that, hey, man, fallen angels are real and they might be ancient aliens, dude, and they might have created us. And it just gets like, okay, so it's like, okay, so God or Christ is within me, you know, the divine mother, the divine father and the Holy Spirit within. And then it's like, well, well, how did how did we get there? What is consciousness? Where does it come from? Was it created in a lab or is Mm -hmm. it actually something more? of like this deity having this authority over us and waking us up to truth and love. And so for me personally, my experience is I want to say that the return of the kingdom of God is more in a sense of consciousness, right? I think that, that, and that's why I'm a huge advocate for Christ consciousness, the universal oneness um, where you know, it's the unification of like minds where it's, and I don't know how to, begin to describe it if anything else but this all-knowing it's this stream of consciousness that exists that when you connect to it it feels like this common sense on steroids it's like i know it's like holy cow (laughs) like you know things that you shouldn't know and it's like you know i've had people ask me how did you learn that did you read that did someone like no it was like a download i call them downloads yes and, it, and it's not like a thought that you have to go, hmm, wonder what that means. It's like, it's here and it's here and it's here. And you know, you know what the message was. You know what the thought is. You know what the answer is. You know how it fits. Yes. It's a full download. Just like you would download something to a computer. It does it all for you. And I'm glad you said it like that. It's literally mind, body, spirit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it really is the connection of heart consciousness with mind consciousness. And it's, it's. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It, it, it's, it's hard for me to describe really, but it's just one of those things where you are connected to it. You can, you just have this ability to speak to others that know as well. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And you see different people differently too. And, you know, when I was within the church, there was a lot of talk about, you know, the Holy spirit told me this or told me that and, a lot of people would argue, well, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't disagree with itself. And I do agree with that, but I also believe in multiple Holy Spirits. I believe in uh, the kind of the Old Testament spirit of God, which was more of a voice in the wilderness. It was that um, kind of a psychic connection, which we know from reports that extraterrestrials can do that. Right. Um, but then there's also this uh, spirit of Christ that he talks about that connects you to a body. Um, and I believe it's a light body or a supermassive consciousness yes. uh, within a different dimension that connects you to know things past, present, and future, similar to like how you would tap into the Akashic records, um, but you're really able to do it and access anything you need at any point. Like literally, and, and this is the thing, this is what I try to tell a lot of people, especially when I debate with Christians, and I try not to debate at all but inevitably end up in debates, right? Especially in life. And my biggest question is, then explain it without the Bible. 
Because if you can explain it without the Bible, you've got the Holy Spirit. You don't need scripture to explain it. Logic, experience, and heart language, or the original language of frequency, will explain it. And you can explain it to anybody that way. And do you know, that is exactly how I discovered this, is that I was in a confrontation, so to speak, or in a conversation, and... I, no matter what I said, I could not get this person to see what I was saying as being truth. Right. Yeah. And so then it was like, I took a step back. Instead of trying to change their perspective or change their mind, I changed my own perspective. I changed my mind. I recognized the, there is another ego. There's a whole nother life experience that I'm talking to that they may not have come to the same understanding as me. But yeah. when I was able to identify that my ego was getting in the way of me being able to have this productive conversation with them, kind of took a step back and be like, let's try this from a different angle. You know what I mean? And that, it, that's, yep. that's when I really started to break down my own ego. And that's how I discovered my higher self. I love that, man. I love that. That's, you know, and that's the hardest thing to do when you're in a debate and you want somebody to see your point of view, even if you don't want to be right, you just want to like have a good conversation, but they're just, they're stuck on this thing. I had a three hour debate the other night, like a couple of weekends ago. Uh, on the same things. And, you know, everything that I asked, I'm like, okay, well, where did Jesus himself say that? You know, if you profess to follow him and only him, where did he actually say that? And this individual could not give me any of their belief systems or the dogma that they were trying to teach me or save me with, could not give me any of that data. And it, and they they were looking at me baffled like how do you pretend to know what jesus says if you don't believe what paul says and you don't believe the old testament and you don't believe you know it's like this whole thing and it's just a narrative and that's one of the things i like to strip away is the narrative and try to like look at things from a different a yeah. higher perspective if you will ashley says 100 percent don't need scripture to describe my family to you or my best friend i know them exactly exactly you don't need their diary you don't need to go steal somebody's journal to explain your experience of them or, you know, hack into their Facebook page or anything like that. You just you just know them. Right. Um, you know, oh, yeah, I've known them for 20 years. You know, we've been hiking together. We've been on campouts. We've been on, you know, 15 hour car rides together. You get to know somebody if you drive with them for 24 hours in a car. So yes. um, awake in Seattle says you feel the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, my friend. Kevin, how are you? Morris, how are you doing? By the way, guys, if you're enjoying this, drop some hearts, drop some love. Uh, roses on TikTok. We got stars on Instagram and on Facebook, you guys. Uh, that would be fantastic. I'll set some goals over here on TikTok here in just a second. Uh, the man himself says, hi there, Cub. What's up, my friend? Uh, hi, Cub. What's the word? Eternal says, and Lester says, 100% downloads. Um, and would it be mind slash body and spirit slash soul? Uh, Holden says, is spirit different than soul? Here's how I interpret it. I'd love to hear your opinion, Frank, is for me, soul is energy. Energy you cannot destroy, period. And spirit is intelligence. Spirit is uh, like the spirit of Christ, or I send a new spirit to you. It is a supermassive intelligence or collective of ideas and identity and consciousness together. And that's how I see spirit versus soul soul being the energy like from the father spirit being from the mother uh the the intelligence receives the energy and has life which creates something in the particle and tells light what to become and so that's how i 
interpret all of this through the quantum God theory that I continue to perpetuate whether I'm right or not, but it's my, it's my best way of understanding. So what are your thoughts on soul versus spirit, Frank? Yeah, I, I think you said that beautifully. I'll just piggyback right off of that. I, I mean, soul is essentially the wisdom or the karmic journey that we all are all we're all on and the spirit is therefore is the ability to discern between the good and evil so you're fulfilling your karmic destiny or fate or whatever you want to call it and you, your spirit is that that ability to discern between good and evil along that karmic path so yeah, yeah going back to what you said the soul being the divine mother yep. and the, the spirit being the birthing of the divine father and mother and you know, at least that's how i interpret the trinity so yeah yeah absolutely um kind of all in one there yeah i love that ashley says frank is missing out on the perfect iowa day by the way um, <laughs> day, so. uh, i love it i love it uh awaken seattle says i'm a piano player um here comes some hearts thank you so much my uh my friend darren appreciate you um and then i've got a great Great question here. I want to answer this because I actually want to dig deep into this because this literally just flipped the switch about what I was thinking about last night. So Moa says, hey, Cub, I was a Christian Pentecostal cult for many years, and I feel that I'm still haunted by the fear of sin and H-E double toothpick. How do I get free from this? So let me tell you a little story here. I worked within the church for seven years, and um, I mean, it was my life. I did just everything I could to serve while I was under that position. Um, and, you know, long story short, that position ended. Um, and I do this full time now. But with that said, I remember for those seven years, after I had kind of really focused on moving my business, everything I was doing more towards ministry stuff, really trying to serve God, live well, uh, live, you know, right, if you will. Um, I got to tell you, I would wake up with panic attacks in the middle of the night. This is not a, this is not a psychology, um, discussion I want to have here, but rather a heart condition, um, and a condition of, I didn't know if I was saved. I didn't know if I was going to heaven or H E double toothpick, I would wake up with this fear and this feeling of being disconnected. And yet I was professing to believe all the right things. I fully invested myself in worship and serving my church and serving others. And by all intents and purposes should have been right with God, right? Especially believing through the blood of Jesus and all of those things. And so I remember at the end of that contract, when I was let go from that, um, I had a little bit of a, awakening moment, if you will. And prior to that in 2020, I had told God, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm really tired of feeling this way, Lord. I I'm tired of having these little mini panic attacks. I'm tired of feeling like I'm in hell already. Um, and I just, I don't like it and I'm done with it. And I really need you to show me the truth. And I, by the way, I'm willing to give up everything in my life, both physically, you know, my house, the vehicles I had, I had a boat at the time, you know, I wasn't living high on the, you know, high on the hill or anything, but um, I had built a, a decent life. Right. And I got to tell you that agreement was signed in truth because God literally allowed all of that to be taken away from me, including all of my belief systems. And that was what I told him at the time. 
Father, I'll give all my belief systems back. And in fact, if it if the truth isn't in Christianity, if it's if it's not even by the name of that, if it's over here in this religion, or if I've got to go to a foreign country to find it, or just do something completely different, I really need truth, and I need this feeling to be gone. I need to be right with you and feel in you, and stop panicking all the time. And I asked that I would start my life's work at that time. And I got to tell you. I realized this last night. It's been two years now since I moved away from the church and restructured my whole life. And I have not had those feelings at all whatsoever. I've done spiritual warfare since then, but I have not had that disconnected. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know if me and God are good feeling. And since then, all I've been told by my peers and you know friends locally is I'm going to H-E double toothpick. I've given up my savior. I am teaching doctrine of demons, blah, 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 you know? And so I've gotten so much what you would consider persecution for what I actually believe and teach now, yet my heart is so at peace. Uh, even though I'm seeking and searching and I don't have all the answers, I do have all the peace. Like I, I literally... I'm not afraid to ask, is God in the Old Testament an alien? Because I'm not worried about some divine, you know, punishment, right? You know, I, I can still honor these physical gods and understand that they don't always make the best decisions. But I also yoke myself with a spiritual or metaphysical entity. And that's, that's what's brought me peace, you know, doing yoga, doing meditation, trying to find my center. And I know you do a lot of that, too. So do you have any kind of similar experience to that? You know, absolutely. I, in fact, I thought you were taking a, a sheet from my playbook and just kind of reading it. But no, Love. that's. I mean, in 2020, I this, the events of 2020 were scary enough for me for a little while that I was worried about my own salvation, and that's what inspired me to go seeking truth. Am I going to he double hockey stick? Right, and it's just like okay. So, you know, and that's where you take that li li literal in interpretation of scripture and everything is like, is this really an external place? And mm -hmm. eventually I kind of got into the thinking where I was like, here's the thing. I started deconstructing everything. I was like, I can start to live like how I want to live. So I was trying to figure out how to be the change to if I want to go to heaven, if I want to go, to, I'm going to go there now. I'm yes. going to take the actions to live in heaven now. So if the kingdom of heaven is here now, then surely I can explain my mental health and my addictions and all these different things that ultimately are my, me being dishonest with yep. myself, my true self, my high self. And that leads to all the sinful behavior that ultimately keeps me grounded in this lower vibrational state of H-E double hell or yep. H-E double L. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, don't good. I think we get three of those before okay. we get a flag, so we're probably good. Yeah, but uh, ultimately, yeah. ultimately, it was it was a conscious understanding that it was like just take the actions now to remove yourself from this, and that's how I, I just like you, I feel free, I feel safe, I feel good, I feel love, I feel truth, and you know what Beautiful. I mean. Like it's it's a Beautiful. great it's a great consciousness. I love that man. I love that absolutely. Um, and Molly says, uh, Christ's peace that surpasses all understanding. And I love that. And I want to say that that peace too, and I've, I've had that line used against me a lot. Um, oh, if you're still seeking, you don't have peace. No, 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 no. You can be hiking a trail and don't have a clue where you're going, but enjoy a beautiful view and know you're still on the trail. 
you don't know where it ends. You don't know where it's going, but you're certainly enjoying it. And you're at peace that you have markers. You know, there's places to rest and sleep. You know, there's resources along that trail. Um, and so for me, yeah, I that that Christ peace that people talk about. And here's how I define that. It's not just about us. It's not just I have peace that I'm good. I got peace that Frank's good. I got peace that Molly's good. I got peace that, uh, you know, I, honestly, that everybody's good, right? Even Satanists, right? If, if you want to go to that extreme, they're going to, their energy will be recycled and they're going to continue to get grace after grace after grace. And they'll reincarnate and have more opportunities to find truth. Um, and maybe even in their weird little way, right? They've found some truth because I've heard a lot of Satanists talk and you go, you're really just telling the gospel from a different point of view. You know that, right? Like, it's just this funny, uh, you know, there's one today where, uh, thank you guys, by the way, for the fireworks. That's awesome. I didn't even know there were fireworks on Instagram, but that is awesome. Thank you for the gifts, by the way. Um, so, yeah, and, and nothing against uh, any religion or, or tradition, uh, whether Satanist, agnostic, atheist. To me, it doesn't matter. To me, it's all the search for truth as long as you're not hurting anyone or anything uh that's where i draw the line is sacrifices and blood magic dark magic that type of thing but if you're honestly you know there's a lot of people that say they're satanists and really they're just anarchists they're just like you know i'm tired of the system i'm tired of religion i'm tired of all the stuff and i just want to rebel a little bit and uh say you know i don't believe in anything and you know hail the darkness or whatever and at, at a time there's darkness in all of us that needs to be recognized. It needs to be dealt with. Sometimes we even need to yoke with it to really work through it. We talked about shadow work the other day. This is These are things I could never have said a few years ago in the church because I didn't even know what they meant. And the more I understand it now, I realize this is all part of the human experience. And uh, we can't be afraid of any of it. We've got to be able to address it and uh, fully engage with it in a healthy way and uh, martin had a great comment where did that go i know martin was on here there you go uh okay martin says i've got peace like a river in my soul peace comes from within absolutely brother i love, love that. that yeah uh yeah absolutely riley says you continually seek truth until you ultimately find that truth is standing in front of you in the end yes yes and that's why, you know, there's this idea, this Buddhist idea called the little death. And it's where every day you meditate so deeply, even if it's just for five minutes, that you literally have this unaliving experience and your ego dies a little bit every day. And you have that moment of like, you're at the end, you're at end game every day through that meditation. You don't have to wait till you're 90 years old on your deathbed. You have it every day. Um, and you don't do anything other than meditate outside of your body, focusing on the light within you, focusing on the third eye and projecting yourself out of your body. And the more you do that, the less you're like, uh, oh, my friend called me, blah, blah, blah. You're like, OK, well, that really sucks that that is the mirror my friend is using to look at themselves with. Uh, that's that's the appropriate response when we really understand who we are and what's going on. So how do you handle it, Frank? Um, sure, you've been there just like everybody. You, Absolutely. you kind of have this awakening. You got friends that are like, Frank, you're going to H E double toothpick. Frank, right? you're teaching the devil's doctrine. Frank, why did you leave the church? <laughs> no, how do you how do you 
deal with that, you know, and it's not always that nice, by the way, you know, right. sometimes it's late night texts. I've gotten late night texts where people are just breaking me over the coals for how horrible it is what has happened to me. So go for it. Well, let me first say that I am far from perfect. I've made plenty of mistakes in my life, right? And Not you more mentioned, than me. <laughs> right? And you mentioned you mentioned the word shadow work. Like I understand time to be an illusion. It is not linear. It is cyclical. And when you seriously meditate on the fact that, you know, I'm sure everybody's heard this before. You can't dwell in the past and you can't worry about the future. You must live in the now. Well, what does that actually mean? How do we actually heal our past? Then we go there. We travel there metaphysically, right? We go there spiritually. We heal our past trauma. And that's what changes our now. So that way our future is brighter, right? So for me, I've, trust me, I've done plenty of shadow work. I've had lots of things that I needed to forgive myself for, as yeah. well as the others that Absolutely. were in those moments with me. It's like, okay, I'm not going to get past this unless I actually face it. And for me, I was you know, 20 years, I was suffering from addictions and mental health disorders because I didn't want to face those challenges those traumas those i i I wasn't gonna overcome them so i just was like you know and so when you were suffering in the now you're dwelling in the past and it's like okay we've got to do something about this and so that's when i began doing the shadow work and really really working on what what are my higher self's goals for myself and how do i get there right and this is the way yeah yeah absolutely and that's you know and i got to a place too that you know i'm like I'm good. I've forgiven people. You know, if they're going to treat me that way, that's on them. And that's still not a place to be at. You're still creating a lot of trauma for yourself because by, by separating you and them at all, then we're missing the point. And it wasn't until I started thinking and understanding when my buddy texted me and was accusing me of turning my back on Jesus and it's so sad what's happened to you, blah, blah, blah. Things that really cut me and hurt me deep. When I started looking at that and going, all right, Cub, why are you manifesting that? What have you not worked through with this thing? What doubts do you have that's making this person do that? Because I'm a magnet and the higher ascended you become doesn't mean you're better than anyone, but you start manifesting on overdrive. And the more you raise your vibration, if you have any negative thoughts about yourself, you better well believe, and I believe that out myself, you better darn well believe that people are going to come out of the woodwork that make sure you know that those thoughts about yourself aren't just thoughts, they're real. Yeah, let me confirm those for you, higher self here. All right, ego, look at this. You know, and it's just this this dance back and forth, and you have to deal with it. Um, and so the only way to get the calls to stop, get the text to stop, is to heal it within yourself. That's literally the only yep. way. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Um, let's see. Riley says, every statement in scripture can either be a lie or a truth, but which do you find that is very true? Because um, remember, it's just a script. It depends on uh, what angle you read it from and what language you read it from. Um was Frank in the Saturday call with us? Hashtag synchronization. Absolutely. We talked about this on Saturday. Uh, Frank, we actually, you know, we get on a Zoom call every Saturday. And uh, we talked about manifesting tulpas, good and bad. And we talked yep. about cryptids. 
and how many cryptids there are around the world, you know, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, and uh, yeah. skinwalkers and stuff like that, yeah. and how those are like manifesting gone wrong, right? You know, like the, yep. the, those are basically the more people agree to them, the more real they become. And uh, were they here before? Are they mythical creatures that we brought back in time? What, you know, we don't know ultimately, but there is a weird phenomenon. The more people agree on it, the more sightings there are, right? Or, and even and if you and don't even, believe, you can see it. Yeah. Right. Like an Eden project gone wrong. Or yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, we talked about that on Saturday and um, it's, that's very interesting. Uh, a lot of, a lot of synchronicities within the community. Uh, oh yeah. And we talked about shadow work a lot, like that shadow work was kind of the number one thing that you have to go through. If you get into spirituality, because when I started, I was a light worker and I told people, you can go back and watch like episode 30. I'm like, I don't do shadow work. I'm a light worker. I, I do the light of Jesus work in the world. And I was just so ignorant because <laughs> I had no idea at the time what it meant that you cannot be a light worker unless you master the shadow work. Because if you're going to be a light worker with anyone, you have to understand where their shadows are coming from. When you go meet a homeless person on the street, and you give them a, a cold glass of water um, and you wish them well or you give them some money or whatever it is. If you do that with any darkness in your heart, all you do is condemn yourself according to the Gospel of Thomas. Right. Um, and if you do that, understanding their shadows and that that person is me and I'm merely helping myself and loving myself. That's what sets you free. And I got to tell you, it wasn't until I got into Hindu philosophy that I finally understood what it meant to love another human being. And I have, I gotta be honest, I never had, and I'd been married at that point for nine years, almost 10 years. And the day I got what real love meant, my marriage changed, my relationship to myself changed, my relationship to my community changed. God wouldn't even let me have the type of community we have now until I realized what real love looks like. Yes. Every person in our community is me and i am every person in the community you're me i'm you and it's not an egoic thing to say that when you realize we're one because we are the one that it's not like you know oh this is just my video game and you're in it you know that's kind of a, a way to be elite about spirituality if you if you go i want to become player one and actively help everyone else in the game become player one as part of the one Yes, that's the right attitude, in my yeah. humble opinion. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, spin on that for a second. What are your thoughts on? Well, I, I, yeah. First of all, I can relate to it wasn't until my true seeking journey that I truly defined what love meant. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, part of that journey was me understanding that all of us in that oneness are seeking absolute truth and unconditional love. And yeah. priorly, I didn't really know what love was because the love that I was craving only served my ego. It didn't serve my higher self. Yep. And, you know, this is, you know, I had discovered the five love languages and such beforehand. But even knowing that, like, for example, my love language is in touch. I like to let people know, hey, I, I really love you, you know, and, but, you know as, as weird as yep. that sounds, it's like Absolutely. I'm a touch person. Like, you know what I mean? But for me, it was like, okay, this is serving me. But if you if you're if you're trying to project that kind of energy onto somebody who's not receptive to touch, then you're going to have that that conflict, that confrontation. 
And that's so my whole life was like, here I am chasing this love and not understanding why it's not reciprocal. I'm not feeling the love. And, and that, so I really truly believe a big part of this metaphysical or this grand rising is each of us seeking this unconditional love as a part of this absolute truth. And that absolute truth being the unification of this oneness, this desire to have the higher self-consciousness, right? Awesome, man. I love that. I love that. Um, this is a good direction to go right now before we get into, I'm going to read some scripture. Um, and then we'll try to kind of well round our message here and then take some more questions. But uh, somebody Logos mentioned in the chat over here on TikTok, by the way, uh, sevenfold truths. Yes, the seven keys to heaven. So the sevenfold, sevenfold spirit, seven truths, seven keys, seven deadly sins you've talked about. Um, we've got seven chakras, right? If you don't know what a chakra is and you're here, this is your first time in woo woo spirituality land. Welcome. Uh, water is fine. Come on in. Um, but your chakras are these invisible things within your body. And this is according to ancient Vedic science. Okay. This is not science this is not modern science, ancient Vedic science, uh, within the Hindu and even Buddhist tradition taught, uh, that you have energy centers starting at your root, at your tailbone, right down where you sit all the way going up to your third eye and then your crown chakra. And that once you activate all of those, through breath work, meditation, clearing of sins out of your body. Um, and you do the inner work. It's called inner work that you light all of these up with energy. You're getting more blood flow to them. You're, you're focusing on them and channeling more energy to them. And they become like an antenna. Uh, if you know you've got an antenna, like your Wi-Fi router is an antenna. Even though it doesn't have a big, long spindly thing on top, maybe a box or a little tower, and it has LEDs in it that'll light up as you have signal. And that's just like how your body is with these spiritual energy centers. And that's the theory behind it. But those of us that practice it find a really weird phenomenon. And that phenomenon is that you feel a sense of wellness. You feel unity. You feel peace. You feel joy. You can even uh, get visuals, like fractal visuals when you close your eyes. And sometimes even when your eyes are open, um, you can find yourself understanding things differently or getting downloads as we talked about and really largely what a lot of people refer to as getting an upgrade um, and so i did a whole series on the book of revelation and the seven seals being opened and what happens on every seal being open if you read the book of revelation is exactly what happens when you open the corresponding chakra within your your life uh, there, there's certain things being poured out. Even when you get to the third eye, it talks about, um, and that would be like the sixth, I think it's the sixth seal when there's ashes and embers poured out on the world. And it's the same thing that happens. You open your third eye and it's like everything else physical about you burns away and you don't even recognize your body. You don't even feel your body. You feel vibration. You see visuals and it's almost like this embers or this judgment has been poured out over your flesh and it ceases to exist. And so a lot of this can be taken very esoterically. Um, Frank, I know you've done a lot of work and theories with this. What yes. are your thoughts on that? Love it. I, this was, I mean, this came to me like in like an epiphany, right? I was studying the seven chakras because, you know, I, I'm not very spiritual. I hadn't been like aware of all these different things. When I first mm -hmm. became aware of the chakras, I was like, 
coincidentally, there are seven, right? And there are seven deadly sins. There are seven seals or seven virtues. This can't be coincidence. Let's look into this. And mm-hmm. that's where I discovered like the root chakra, for example, the deadly sin sloth is what's preventing me from keeping my root chakra open and ready to be grounded and spiritual and ready to really to begin my ascension journey into the kingdom of heaven. And that's all that this really is. is this is how I interpret it is it's the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven within. It's your chakra system. If you understand which sins are living in each of your chakras and preventing you from ascending, yeah. And you can figure out how to remove that blockage. And, you know, and I don't know all the re- the Reiki healing and stuff like that. I just know from the meditation state, the prayer state, the, you know, the, the, the actual going outside, grounding, sun gazing, those kinds of things. And even doing the shadow work, like we talked about before. Absolutely. Absolutely. This yep. is how you turn your sins, so to speak, into virtue. And when you have done that successfully, grace, yep. I mean, that there you are. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, Molly said chakras are the energy vortexes in your body. Yes, absolutely. And I like Molly. That's good language on that because the vortex is a better idea of that. It's not like some people refer to it as a bowl of light or a bowl of energy. But I like the vortex because you can almost imagine them spinning in almost opposite directions and making a, a gear system that move up your body. Yeah. And, if you imagine them as three-dimensional space as well, then you get spheres. And I like the idea of energy vortex spheres because even the more we study about the idea of portals and stuff, they have three-dimensional form to them. They're not just this flat little, you know, two-dimensional thing. So we got to remember if they're multi-dimensional, right, then they have to take form somewhat in the three-dimensional and then there's other properties of them that we can't see with our naked eyes. So that's a very interesting, but I love that energy vortexes. These also match up to, I believe the vortexes on our planet, you know, our planet has this chakra system. It's called dragon lines. You know, you get all the different energy centers that are running on these lines on our earth. Um, and then Molly also said, that sounds like the old phrase there, but by the grace of God go, I, uh, there is some ultimate truth there. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what are my feelings on the black candle? I have no idea what that is, Riley. I am sorry. Do you know what that is, Frank? No, I've only just recently heard of the black and white candle. I, I couldn't speak on that. I, w- I would, I don't know enough to comment. <laughs> okay. Ashley, do you know what the black candle is? If you do, please let me know because <laughs> right over my head. So, uh, dare to believe Sanders says, absolutely. Molly says vortexes have energy coming in, going out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's another thing. These aren't just energy centers that you're like, I'm going to light them up. And then I'm like, Christ-like. It is an exchange and a transmutation of energy all the time. And it can actually be exhausting for you uh, because it requires you to get out of that sloth mode, right? A lot of us like to sit and work on the computer like I do. I have to get out and put my feet to the ground to ground to activate my root chakra. Um, I've got to have a healthy gut so that I can have my uh, framework and my core operating well. And then I've got to have a good heart about things so that I can get my heart chakra activated. And the heart chakra is the easiest to understand this with that exchange that Molly is talking about here, because your heart chakra is going to receive energy all the time. Somebody's like, Frank, you're evil. And you're like, 
oh, and like, does that light up your heart chakra or does it wither it? Like, what does that do to it? So you have to become an expert of taking an insult, understanding the mirror that it is, and then reactivating the heart chakra because it's all energy. Even if it's negative, you have the authority to go, great, I'm going to take all that negativity, all the haters, I'm going to put them in my heart, filter them, it's going to light up even more. I'm going to send that back out into the world. That's how you burn karma. That's how you create positive manifesting. And that's yep. how you bear the kingdom of God on earth, in my opinion. So yep. I think that's exactly that's a that's a perfect way to word that is, you know, here, here's where you're you're presented with a choice. You can react to this, you can be reactionary, which is negative vibration or it's lower vibrations, I should say. Uh -huh. And so, you know, that's where you're gonna be manifesting depression, anger, and all these different things that come with those lower vibrations. Whereas if you can take this energy, transmutate it and learn how to turn that into light for yourself. Like you said, you, you know, being that light worker that's in you, you know, we all face these things and we can, we have a choice. Ultimately, we can let them bring our lower our vibration down to a lower state, or we can figure out how to transmutate that and continue to vibrate at a higher consciousness. So I love that, man. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, guys, I, I hope everybody's listening up today because we're two guys that have no idea what we're talking about. So. <laughs> Uh, like the ultimate self-taught gurus, right? I mean, come on. Um, but it's all just experience. And and the, the thing that, that I love about myself and Frank and what we get to do is uh, we just get to be real and authentic. So I'm not trying to be right. I just want to be real with everybody. And if you align with that and you vibe with that, you're in the right place. Um, even if you're watching this after the fact, please feel free to ask a question, comment, prayer, concern. I'm always here. Um, I check the comments all the time. And then if you really, really love what I'm doing and you want to go deeper with us, please go check out my website, www.cubkuker.com. You can check out our Mythos membership there. It's one click to join, cancel anytime. And you can start from seven bucks a month. I haven't changed the price yet. I promised I was going to by today, but I had a busy weekend. So you can benefit from my laziness and join seven and twenty-seven dollars today, and right now they're built in together. So the Charisma Insider membership actually includes the Mythos membership. So if you guys like that, you can get them both for twenty-seven bucks. Now, I'm about to close the Charisma membership completely for a little while because I'm adding a bunch of content to it, doing a bunch of uploads, and I am going to be separating that out as more of a standalone item. That way, Mythos stands alone and Charisma stands alone. But if you want in and you want both of them, grab it now. Don't miss out. Thank you for your support. It all goes to directly support my channel. So thank you, guys. All right. Let's see. Questions. Okay. I'm going to turn my mic down a little bit. Maybe that'll quit popping. I don't know if you guys can hear the popping or not. But, um, you know, it's technology, guys. Every new membership helps me buy better technology. Just remember that. So doesn't mean that we'll have less tech issues, but uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Ashley. Okay. So Ashley said um, she's not sure what culture that comes from, so she can't speak on it, but she believes it aligns with the left-hand path, um, but it's not her culture. So she won't assume anything. Yeah. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. I think that's fair. Um, oftentimes get a lot of questions that I just really don't know. And I don't want to talk about them because I don't know. 
Uh, there's so that, many. Different that would have been my best guess too. Is similar to yeah. the yin and the yang, right? The, the and that's you know, ultimately it comes down to the duality of the three D world. Absolutely. What, yeah. what is this serving? So. Yeah, I think that's the best way to to understand it. Um, okay. So what I want to get into now is I've got a document I'm going to share with you guys. This is top secret, so don't share it with anybody. It's something I'm working on, and it is going in our academy. This is a big part of what I'm about to be upgrading the academy with. Um, and so when I talk about joining the academy, if you want in, get in now, because as I upgrade it, there's so much value in there. I can't keep selling it for the price I have been, so I'm really going to be upgrading it. Um, but this, I'm going to go ahead and blow up this screen over here. Let's see. Okay, this is a document I've been working on, and I've got a flip screens here. There we go. Okay. Uh, I'll put Frank and I down here at the bottom. Okay. So this is um, a thing I'm working on, and it's called the Christ-like code, Alien Revelation, or Quantum Kingdom. And this is literally what we're talking about today. So you guys keep asking questions. I promise I'll come back, and I'll read your comments here in a minute. Um so there's two voices in the Bible. And again, not to get religious at all here, but I just want everyone to see, because um, if you're coming in just to spirituality, you need to understand the biblical perspective. If you're leaving the biblical perspective, you need a new perspective on it because the Bible has so much metaphysical data that gets so covered up in dogma. And then it has so many extraterrestrial vibes that get written off as metaphysical data. And that's where, you know, we really get a convoluted view of it. Because how many times have you heard a pastor, and just raise your hands, how many times have you heard a pastor go, well, the apple in the garden of Eden, well, it wasn't really a snake, it was this. Well, no, it was, okay, now when you get over here, this means this, and that means that, and it's because it's all, oh, well, the kingdom of heaven, and the blah, 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 okay. You know, and I get so tired of that, because it's all conjecture. It's just all somebody's opinion of that. And you don't begin to understand this narrative until you get into this framework that I'm laying out here. And I'm not saying I'm the one that came up with this. This has been inspired by a lot of different things. Everything from watching episodes of Ancient Aliens to doing my own research to talking with other creators to literal in the shower downloads that made me sick in my stomach because I realized things about the Bible that I didn't want to admit might be true. Um, and so these two voices here, um, to get into it, we've got Christ equaling the metaphysical. And if you don't know what metaphysical is, it just means outside of the physical. So outside of the physical being um, metaphysical, okay? Just like we're gonna get a metaverse, it's outside of the regular universe. It's a metaverse, so it's an alternate or, or a, a different style of physics that we're talking about here. So it's not our known physics, it's beyond our known physics. And that is also the light or the anointed man. And so whenever I refer to Christ from now on, I'm not talking about the person of Jesus. The person of Jesus may very well be represented within this data but I'm not necessarily talking about the person. I'm talking about the entity of the Christ. This is the voice of Christ, the light body, the anointed man, which is all of us if we choose to be. And then we have the Yahweh extraterrestrial voice, the biblical God or the Hebrew God. And this is nothing against 
the Hebrew people or anyone who's Jewish or in the Abrahamic religion or anything like that. This is just the way I see it, the way I've personally been able to decode it. And I've got some proofs back and forth here to show um, exactly the different voices we're looking at here within the biblical canon. So number one, and we're just going to jump out the gate here. You judge according to the flesh, Jesus says, I judge no one in John 8, 15. And then the biblical God that most churches, you know, believe on and have worship songs to says, for Yahweh will execute judgment by fire and by his sword on all flesh. And those slain by Yahweh will be many. So Jesus says, you judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet God says, I'm just going to say God, because largely this is what most people view as God, right? Most people, if you talk to anybody and they're a part of any of the main religions, they're going to view God as something of the biblical God, right? The, the, I think it's 7.8 billion people that believe in some sort of biblical construct of God. And so this is where I begin to question deeply. Why is Jesus saying that he judges no one and that they who he's talking to are judging according to the flesh? And then we see that Yahweh is judging according to the flesh. So, Frank, thoughts on that uh, so that I'm not the only one hanging here? Go for it. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll back you up. <laughs> I believe that Christ came to free us from the flesh or the law of Moses, right? Yeah. And Yewa was basically a God that mm -hmm. was demanding worship through fear. It was all fear-based ideology. And it was, yeah. whereas Christ came to say, you know, he, when he refers to the flesh, he's talking about the, the physical being and he's revealing the metaphysical state of consciousness, right? And his teachings. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, teach, he's teaching us all how to, um, and, and this is where the discernment of good and evil come in, because ultimately that's how I translate metaphysical is it's the battle of good and evil throughout space and time. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and the whole purpose of Christ or Christos or Krishna or Krishna, you know, mm -hmm. all, you know, all these different variations of God, most high God, the father, yeah. God with them. Um, I, I think that, and this is why I still, I love the beautiful red words in the, in the Bible. I still read them. I still study them. They, they help me understand, you know, my, my higher purpose, my higher self. Um, and for me personally, it's like, I, I, this is where I started to lose people because I first raised my hand and I said, I think Yewa might be a bad guy. No, and that's, and, and, and that's what's gotten me in a lot of trouble too with friends and family is, you know, oh, you're speaking against God. You're going to get struck by lightning or something. If I do, jokes right. on me, right. But, uh, but, but the idea is, is like, we have very distinct voices within the Bible and you got to remember that people, people canonized the Bible, people sorted the documents. There were 150 plus documents in the original collection of the Bible that someone like, you know, Marcion of Pinnock was uh, walking around teaching that Jesus was teaching um, a metaphysical spirit God and not the Demiurge or the, the God of this world, if you will. And so that's where um, this gets really difficult because, again, this is not against anyone whatsoever. This is merely a discussion of what are we actually looking at here? And, and Frank talked about the red letters of Jesus. 
there's a movement going around in my town right now where churches are speaking against TikTokers, YouTubers, Facebookers, any sort of content creator. It's called the red letter movement. And it's the newest heresy that the church is teaching against. Even here locally, I just talked to a friend where their church is literally speaking against this. And it's that if you just look at the words of Jesus, you're not getting the full picture. And you're not, it's not complete salvation. You've got to look at everything else and you've got to believe Paul and you've got to believe the old prophets and you've got to believe other people's opinions to have good theological doctrine versus the very simple, very transcendent, very non-religious words of Jesus that anyone, be it a heathen, be it like me, a heathen, right? Uh, someone with no religion here that just does what he wants and loves loves the red letters of Jesus, follows him, does his yoga, and um, tries to love other people and ultimately just lets himself love other people. Uh, well, that's not who I was before when I was following the Yahweh voice of the Bible. I'm not good enough for God. I need a sacrifice. Well, here's the problem with this. It starts to challenge the idea even that we need a sacrifice, and it challenges the idea of original sin. Because if you notice... Jesus, there is very, very little said about him making a sacrifice for us. And in fact, if you look at the original text, there's nothing that Jesus says about giving his actual, you know, life essence. Because what he actually says is that um, a friend gives his life and it means to set apart. It doesn't mean to end his life. It means that I'm going to live for my friends. I'm going to live for others. And that's where we can all give our life. Ashley says makes zero sense. Exactly. Um, so that's where, and this is just the tip of the iceberg, guys. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump back into the document here because we are, we've got about 20 minutes. See how quick this goes? Uh, 20 minutes, and I just want to hit on these other ones here. Okay, so Jesus answered, most certainly I tell you, Unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter into God's kingdom. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And that's in John 3, 5 through 6. And then in Jeremiah, it says, Then came the word of Yahweh to Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am Yahweh, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? So Jesus right here is talking about your flesh can't enter God's kingdom. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. And then Yahweh is a self-proclaimed God of all flesh in Jeremiah. I mean, can we just take a minute to go, why are we missing this? Why is this narrative not in churches? Why? What, what, what does it harm if people understand this? Because I don't mean any offense by it. I'm just looking at the data, and there are thousands of verses that disagree with each other. And there is one theory that makes it understandable why they disagree with each other, rather than just saying, we don't question the multi-part, you know, God's super bipolar, by the way, so just deal with it. That's basically what I was told growing up, you know, just deal with it. Um, don't question God. Well, the one theory that makes all this make sense is that the God of the Bible, a.k.a. God, as most people know him, is not the good guy. He's running the world and running the matrix 
but Jesus was actually the enlightened one. And many others like him, right, have come to say the kingdom is within you. You find it through introspection. Uh, you can access it now. How you are is how you will be. Energy doesn't get destroyed. It just changes states. So if you start in a beautiful state, you'll transmute to a beautiful state, right? Um, and, and that's what really we're talking about here. And this is, again, no offense against anybody's religion, but people of all different religions are waking up to this idea of, wait a minute, what if this God that we think we understand that did some really, really, really terrible things is actually not the good guy and wants power like we're little biological batteries to worship this entity? And what if Jesus was trying to unplug us from that and plug us into the truth of where our actual source comes from? So. That's my whole theory on it. Um, Frank, what are your thoughts about that verse? I mean, the very direct flesh, flesh connection there. I love it, brother. And if I may, can I add another verse from scripture? Please. please. Okay. I've got, I, I wrote this down. I was excited to share this one with you today when we were discussing this topic. And then after I read this passage, I'd like to go to the gospel of Thomas real quick and do Logan yes. 70. Please. So this is Romans chapter seven, verse 22 and 23. Okay. For in my, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Right? That's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Raise your hand if you felt that before, by the way. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and going back to piggyback on what you said is like, how in the heck did we miss this? Or why aren't we studying this further? Mm -hmm. These are beautiful words. These are inspiration for us to seek a higher purpose for ourselves within to finally say, hey, you know what? I'm not crazy. There is a voice within me that is begging to be freed. And that's real. I need to look at this like we I need to act on this. And this is this is from the Gospel of Thomas, Logian 70. If you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. Yes. Oh, Case it. closed. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. And that's where, and then you get people that get really offended. Oh, so you're your own savior? Well, if you looked up when Jesus said over and over and over, he said, son of man, this, son of man, that. He's talking about humanity. If you actually look up the word, humanity must this, humanity must that. Everybody thinks, oh, he's talking about himself. He called himself the son of man. He was just clearly trying to identify himself as the collective, period. That was the whole, that's what I believe. And if you interpret it that way, then the gospel of Thomas makes perfect sense. Because now you're bringing the Christ from within you. It's not only saving you, but it's also recreating your world and saving others through you, right? Through the enlightenment that you're able to share. Doesn't mean we're going around going, you know, hello, my brother at Walmart going, you know, you know, have you heard the good news about the logos today? You know, we're not doing that, but it's like people just, they'll magnetize to you. They'll be like, Hey, do you like that product? Oh yeah. Well, and then you end up in a 30 minute conversation in your bathrobe at Walmart at, you know, two in the morning. And all of a sudden you got a new buddy and they're like, yeah, I've been deconstructing from the church. How is that, that that happens other than you brought it forth? And now you become that savior, which you need, right? Like, I don't know that that's, that's the thing that I, I really vibe on with that message because 
the whole blood of Christ doctrine message is such a tiny little part of the Bible. And it's something that easily could have been added and to just tweak the whole message of inner enlightenment and Christ within and throw it completely off its game. Why is it that only 2% of the words in our Bibles are the red letters? Whole religion dedicated to the red letters, allegedly. Yet we've got 98% of other people's opinions we're building our belief systems on. And what would happen if we just stopped and said, I don't know. And I don't need what that says to be true to make what Jesus says true and let it bear fruit within me. Because if we rethink our belief systems backwards to forwards, this requires a complete abandon of, I don't care what Mr. Pastor says, mom and dad, they all could be wrong. In fact, I could have been wrong for 40 years of my life. And that's okay. Because then you start to understand what Gospel of Thomas says. Go for it, man. If I may add to all of that, I mean, this, for me personally, I got tired of living in a fear-based reality. And that is exactly how I, when I, when I look at scripture now in the Old Testament, I see Yahweh, and I understand like the whole matrix itself is designed to instill fear into us. And I don't want to live in that reality anymore. And that's ultimately like, so for me personally, my whole let's all become heroes journey has been about saving humanity. And how do I do that? How can one little person save humanity? Well, I can't, but you know what I can do? Here's how I change the world. I change myself. I change my thoughts. I understand who I am. I discover my higher self. I live in light and love. And hopefully that's contagious. That's what we're doing. Dude, I love that. I love that. And I love your let's all become heroes tag i love your handle i love your whole movement you're building around that and i know you're going to build a movement around that um it's beautiful and that's we forget you know movies and television tell us that we are the hero video games tell us we're the hero uh the gospel of thomas tells us we're the hero uh and it's not until you get to some of these more constructed religiosity systems in which now you're this horrible sinner who needs a hero rather than being the hero. And I think right. there's a lot more power and truth in being the hero that we've just forgotten um, if we're able to activate it and remember it. Ultimately, remembering it is the hardest part. It's like we have amnesia that we've done this before and we can become the hero over and over and over again. And I fully intend to try to remind myself and others everything I can do Tommy Money, great point, my brother. Uh, Tommy says, um, oh, and then I'll go to Ashley's real quick. Tommy says, Jesus had to give his blood as a ransom to Yahweh to free mankind, question mark. That's the only thing that I see is a possibility. If you have literal extraterrestrial wars going on for the souls of humanity, um, that Jesus literally was like, fine, you need blood, here's mine, and now I bought them from you. It wasn't that it ransomed us to God. It's it ransomed us from God. And I think that's the the one little disclaimer that a lot of people miss there is all of a sudden we're righteous in God's eyes. No, 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 no. We are saved from the trap of reincarnation, right? So if that sacrifice is literal, um, then that's the only explanation I can logically get for it, knowing the data that I do. Uh, with this whole narrative, including all the mythologies we look at every day on this show. So um, Ashley then says, isn't it ironic too, once we let go of fear, 
we see uh, who sees to be the most fearful of all. Yes, exactly. We never had a reason to be afraid of it in the first place. Uh, we're always heroes by right. Amen, Ashley. Absolutely. Christ within each of us is the Savior. Exactly, Molly. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great way to look at it, too. It's just a gnosis and a realization of we are that Christ body. Like that, that, that is our identity. And once we identify with it and know that intimately or yoga or yoke ourselves to that, that's the saving power that, that wells up from us. It's the same well that Christ sprang from, right? Like just becoming that. Um, because, you know, here, here's a great example. Uh, you got a mom and a dad, they get together, they have a kid. Uh, then they have another kid. Then they have another kid. You know, kid A, spitting image. Looks like them, sounds like them, acts like them, even takes their coffee the same way, right? Like, it's just exactly. You know, the middle kid often does whatever he wants and then uh, ultimately looks a lot more like dad and doesn't really align with mom a whole lot. Well, the third kid looks nothing like any, like, where was the milkman on that day? Who <laughs> is the, you know? And so that's where if you realize that that child has the ability, even though there's no like genetic, deeper, uh, you know, programming disposition to be like mom and dad, that child can spend plenty of time with mom and dad and learn all the skills, learn all the good things that mom and dad have to teach and ultimately become mom and dad after they pass away. That spirit lives on. And that's literally what Jesus was trying to tell us. Regardless of anything else, our identity is true, and you just have to know that identity. And that's what I believe he was teaching ultimately. So um, let's see. Okay, yeah, let's grab a few more verses. We've got 10 minutes now. We are burning daylight here. Um, let's see. Uh, this is the message which we have heard. Let me bring this back up here. Technology, there we go. Okay. This is the message which we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That's pretty clear, right? I mean, there's no darkness, right? God is light. Well, in First yep. Kings 8, 12, it says, Then Solomon said, Yahweh has said that he would dwell in thick darkness. So, yeah, I don't have a good explanation for that other than that's clearly talking about two different things in my humble opinion. God is light and in him is no darkness at all, yet Yahweh has said he would dwell in thick darkness. And then that verse goes on to say that he'll bring forth blessings from dark places, by the way. And you then you get into some really weird, like, why? Why does it say that? <laughs> Do I want right. blessings from dark places? So, I mean, there's just another dichotomy of like, and Molly said a minute ago, what did she say? So now they're contradicting themselves. Exactly. So we've got like these multiple voices that are just like not really agreeing with each other. Um, and I think we should be able to just ask the hard questions, right? So what are your thoughts on that? You know, I mean, that, that seems pretty light and dark well, I, to me, but go ahead. I, I think we can... I think we can interpret that verse if we go back to Genesis in the beginning at creation and we recognize that God separated the light from darkness and recognized that the light was good and the darkness was not of good. So it's like, okay, you, you know, it's, there's another great example of where we can actually see right in scripture where Yewa is telling you he is in fact of the darkness. And That's pretty good, man. 
That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never even uh, made that connection. See, you guys see how easy this is, by the way? Um, I mean, come on. I'm wearing a tie-dye shirt. He has his hat on backwards. I mean, it's not like dollars <laughs> here. Come on. Um, this this is not rocket surgery. And, and you can have the same downloads. You can have the same ideas. And, and here's what it requires. I just want to encourage everyone. It requires commitment. And I don't care if you join my community. I don't care if you join someone else's community. I don't care if you pick up all your things, go sell them, and go on a pilgrimage to India to go find the truth. Just be committed to Take it. Me. Right? Yeah, exactly. Take me and Frank. We are looking for sponsors to go to India on a pilgrimage. Um, come on, let's go. I want to be there for the, the festival, the color festival. Um, so here's the deal, guys. It requires a commitment. And I have m many, many people in my life that I talk about these things to. And I ask them the question, what do you think? Well, it sounds interesting, but I just don't have time to think about that kind of thing. What are you like, doing? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. What, what, what are you going to, you going to pack the bus and take it to your grave with you? I mean, come on. Like, I, I really don't understand that and how people have sold out to the matrix completely. I still get on here and sell every day. I still ask for stars. I ask for gifts. It's money for the mission. That's a different thing, okay? I'm not just trying to make a paycheck and deal with all the work woes and then come home and sit down and have a drink at the end of a long day. I'm super, super committed to what I'm doing. And you are too, by the way. You're a full-time content creator. By the way, go support him. He is doing the, he is doing the content creator thing. And it is not an easy lot. Um, it takes a lot to put yourself out there every day. We need your support. And I, I cannot stress enough that these platforms literally do not support us enough to make a living, okay? Unless you're like Mr. Beast, which I am not, um, that, you know, you're not making, you're not paying your house payment on what even multiple platforms with videos doing well. I've had videos go viral almost daily on these platforms and I still don't make enough to pay my bills. And I mean that in the most loving way. I'm not begging for money. Um, I'm not talking about being in the matrix here, but I'm talking about people that they hate their job, they hate their life, and they're willing to continue not thinking about the spiritual things because bills, because job, because tired, because whatever. What's important to you, right? Um, I mean, if I had to go live in a camper, I would to keep doing this. I wouldn't have a wife at that point, but, you know, uh, but I would do it. So, yeah. <laughs> so what are your thoughts, Frank? I mean, you, you've made the decision to just go whole hog on this. Like, what's your what made you make that decision? Well, brother, it is a hard journey. So I appreciate you for giving me a shout out like that and, and inviting me onto your show. I mean, this is just what an experience. Let me get into that by first telling you a little bit about how I manifest you into my life, because I watched your videos about 12 months ago when I realized like, hey, this guy is literally saying all the things I'm feeling. He's found his voice. He's not afraid to speak. I need to meet this guy. And look, here we are. I mean, we're <laughs> what a world. What an amazing world. When you truly are download taking the downloads doing the spiritual work understanding that there is shadow work and healing and all this stuff that's a part of it 
you're going to, it's just, life is good. Life doesn't have to be as hard. We make it as hard as we want to make it. But at the same time, just as you said, everybody's got bills to pay. Everybody's got, you know, we have to live in this material world while this is still the matrix that we live in. This is our reality. How do we get by? How do we survive? My next journey is I literally am going to walk into the wilderness. I want to actually be out there in the wilderness seeking like-minded people and helping just speak my truth and, and, and just helping people discover their own truth within. And I am not going to live in fear. I know, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how I'll eat every day. I really don't, but right, I'm yeah, going to do it. I'm just yeah. going to face my fears just like I did today to be on a live. Like this is my first time ever on the live broadcast. Here and I you am. Did beautifully, with- by the way, seriously, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, you would not know, like you would think you've been doing this forever, by the way. So great job, man. Like very, well, very good. Yeah. But, but what a world. I mean, I literally manifest Cub Cooker into my life, and here we are. And I just, whoever's listening right now, do the thing, do the work, yeah. trust yourself, find your higher self. And life is only as hard as we make it. Amen, brother. Amen. And if that doesn't answer, what's the difference between the kingdom of God returning physically and the kingdom of God returning spiritually or esoterically? Then I think this final. Final one will answer this for everybody. So in Luke 17, 20, and I've got more verses here, guys, but I don't have time to read through all of them right now. In Luke 17, 20 through 21, it says, being asked by the Pharisees when God's kingdom would come, he answered them, God's kingdom doesn't come with observation. Let me say that again in case someone didn't hear me, because I guarantee you little cub is in the back going, wait, I didn't hear No, no, no. He said, God's kingdom doesn't come with observation. Neither will they say, look here or look there, for behold, God's kingdom is within you. And I want to give you guys the reason I do not read Revelation literally. And I take it with a little more than a grain of salt, but I do take it very esoterically. It says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice out of heaven saying, so there's two observations right there. Behold, God's dwelling is with people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. Now, if those two don't present a dichotomy for you. Janelle, thank you so much for the super chat, my friend. God bless you. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Janelle. Uh, love you guys that give super chats on YouTube, by the way. Those those are fantastic supporters of what we do here. Thank you. Um, if this doesn't draw a parallel for you guys to start questioning, question the book of Revelation, okay? Don't let people scare you with it. In fact, that first line, woe to him who removes anything from this or whatever. Let's just let's just take a minute. Let's just table that for a minute and go, I have authority to ask questions. There is no scripture or document on the planet that is above me as a child of God. And I've got to be I've got to be willing to agree with myself about that first, or I can't punch fear in the face. One of my mentors says that. Uh content creator on YouTube. You got to be able to just hit it square in the nose and say, no more fear. 
I have questions and I will ask them even of the scary gloom and doom book of Revelation or the exciting book of the return of Jesus or the whatever book you view it as. And so for me, you've got kingdom is within you clearly here. It doesn't come with observation. And we have three observations. Clearly, I saw it. I heard it. And behold, in Revelation 21, guys, why? Why is it so different? Why does one literally, if you go read the measurements of the New Jerusalem, it sounds like a giant pyramid descending from heaven over Jerusalem, coming to live with people. Guys, that's the definition of an extraterrestrial kingdom. They make Hollywood movies about that. In fact, every religion on the planet has a prophecy of a physical return of their gods, okay? That includes Christianity. If you don't believe me, go to any church that's preaching on Revelations and think about the imagery. They are preaching a literal return of Jesus. And I want you to really think about the fact that Jesus didn't promise us that he was going to come in this manner, okay? What he promised us is the kingdom is within us and that he will be ascended and we will meet him in that ascension, okay? Then you start twisting it together and add the whole spaceship Jerusalem to it, which if you don't believe me, go look up the dimensions of it and how it hovers down and rests over the earth. I mean, guys, it's like a Hollywood movie. So, Frank, to kind of wrap this up, are you seeing the ET versus metaphysics descriptors in here what absolutely that with that um do you think that let's just i'm going to ask it like it is i've got an opinion on this too do you think extraterrestrials play any part at all whatsoever in the ascension of humanity and bringing the metaphysical kingdom of god do you think they're all evil do you think some are good are we in the middle of a war of the gods and some of them are on a higher dimension trying to bring us there rather than bring them here what are your thoughts? Great question. And oh my gosh, I mean, we could really talk about that question at some hour. There's a whole episode. <laughs> yeah. But I got, so when I was seeking this truth, all of those answers came to me through the book of Enoch. Okay. I mean, yeah. th this is where I interpreted the fallen angels as being angels and demons. Yeah. And understanding that some, the, the difference between demons and demons. Yes. Um, but this is, so I, I guess this is where you have to, you have to deconstruct everything. You have to do a little bit of self-discovery, but that also includes going back to Genesis. I was told, you know, go to Genesis up to six, four, stop, mm -hmm. read the book of Enoch. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then come back to Genesis and finish the story. Yeah. The Bible is actually a short story in the grand scheme of everything that's going on. Absolutely. But there is like, I feel like this awakening that's occurring, you know, this returning of the Christ, this Christ consciousness that's happening is of this metaphysical like there's more to us that is still beyond any of our understanding none of us actually have the, the real truth we're all seeking this truth and we should always continue seeking this truth it's yeah. like you said as, a, as a, when you when you started this as a light worker you didn't realize that you too even had some healing work to do you know yes, yes. i want to understand you can't just download this all and be like okay i'm in and it's just there yeah. you have to there's Absolutely. there's a journey there's a journey here you know what i mean yeah. And, and yeah. I think that everybody should should understand this. Like, just start small, read the book of Enoch, and go from there. Experience take you on a, on a course of understanding. Absolutely, man. And I think it's summed up in Gospel of Thomas. I think it's Logion 2 or 3. Uh, and Jesus says, uh, asking you shall receive. Uh, when you discover the truth, you will be disturbed. 
upon being disturbed, you will marvel, and upon marveling, you will reign over the all. And so we got to remember the journey starts with being disturbed. And guys, here's the deal. You've been disturbed. People have hurt you. You've cheated on you. You've cheated on people. You've, you've screwed people over. They've screwed you over. Everybody's got trauma, right? Self-induced or other people did it or whatever. At the end of the day, if you're going to go through trauma anyway, you might as well have a little bit of awareness on, I'm willing to go into this trauma. It's going to hurt. It's going to cause me some disturbance. It may cause an existential crisis. Could take a month, could take a year. I don't know. Depends on how deeply rooted you are in your belief systems, too. But to get into that and just do it authentically is, is to me, the ultimate gift. That we have the right and the authority to do. That is ultimately the spiritual treasure, guys. And for me, that's the kingdom of God I'm looking for. For me, my rapture happened in 2020. I was caught up to Christ consciousness, and I don't need a physical return at all to keep. I, I can live a thousand lifetimes and still keep seeking what I'm on now and growing and ascending, and that would be enough for me. I don't need to see him coming down out of the clouds because I'm already meeting him in the air, if you will, in my higher self. I'm caught up to him already. And that's enough for me. So Shiona says, thank you. Yes, absolutely. Um, Dreamstar Oracle says, I mean, because John was excited on lar uh, largely a deserted island and losing his mind. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Shelly says, working in the matrix doesn't inhibit spirituality if you don't let it. And that's a fantastic point. Um, and I want to back that up because here's the deal. I've worked in the matrix before and spirituality was still the most important thing to me. Still, I would go home at night and read my Bible and I would have conversations. I'd have people over. I was always in these conversations. I was always thinking about something. I was always studying. I was always asking my entire life. I mean, I remember being a seven-year-old asking the big questions and knowing things that other people didn't know, like just knowing that I was the main character, knowing that I was the child of God, the one child of God. I didn't have awareness that everybody else was. I knew I was, and that was enough. And if we can all stop and, and return to that place, because I guarantee you there's a place in time in your life, if you just remember, when you knew. You didn't have fear. You didn't have some system put upon you. You didn't have parents that told you, don't touch that. Don't do that. You know, a lot of that's for protection. I get that. But it also induces that it's, it's literally built into the matrix to survive. You must be programmed and to program is to kill off that spirit of God within us. And it's the, the whole life is about returning back to that spirit of God within us. Um, so when we, and I love that about working in the matrix, because if you're working in the matrix, that's cool. If you're only doing it for survival and you're only in survival mode, that's what hinders you from the higher self, from the higher spirit. Anything else before we jump off, Frank? Hey, your higher self is like embracing your inner child. Do the work. Amen, brother. Amen. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you guys. You guys don't forget, join Mythos or Charisma membership. Either one you like, starting as low as seven bucks a month. That directly supports what I'm doing here. When you join those memberships, you get access to things like weekly 
virtual meetups on a Zoom call. You get access to a private off social media community where you can safely share your thoughts, your opinions, your experiences in a family friendly environment. You get access to my private YouTube style channel where you can watch all of my longer videos up to three minutes describing all the stuff I do in my regular content, but I get to go deeper down the rabbit hole with everyone. Then if you join the Charisma membership, you get access to the Academy as well, which has 500 preloaded videos in there for you, diving deep into these concepts and little 10 minute episodes ready to go. So you won't believe the amount of content in there. And I'm adding more and I'm going up on the price. So if you wanna lock it in, grab it now. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Frank, thank you for being here, brother. Appreciate Thanks everybody in today. Thank you, Teresa, Janelle, Molly, Shelly. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, uh, Martin. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Ryan, Adrian, Doxa, Shuna. Who else did we have? I know I'm missing people. That's who's on the screen right now, though. Thank you, guys. I love you all. Thank you for the gifts and tips. You can keep them coming even after the stream if you're watching later on. Don't forget to subscribe on, let's see, Spotify and Apple. You can find those links at cubkuker.com and subscribe to the audio version of the podcast. Frank, love you, brother. Look forward to seeing you more. Collaborating again. Thank you. You have a great day, brother. You too. Take care. Peace.